Hey folks, it's Dr. Christine here and welcome to, let's start over, I forgot my intro. <laughs> it's all right, girl. It happens. Hi folks. Take two, take two, sorry. Oh yes, that's fine. I cut it. Hi folks, welcome. Uh, this is Dr. Christine Sauer and welcome to uh, sparkles for better mental health and uh, growth in five dimensions and today i'm very excited to welcome sylvia warsham to the show now sylvia is a wonderful lady and her fascinating story includes miracles three of them welcome sylvia hi thank you christine for having me i'm so excited to be here now i always ask all my guests how come that you are so passionate about doing what you're doing now? What's your story? I'm very passionate because I got a second chance at life. And when you get a second chance at life, you feel a pull to explore what your true purpose in life is. Because it makes you, it makes you question why you survived at all when you were given, in my case, a 20% chance of surviving. And the people we deem the experts in humanity, the medical doctors that faced me, six of them faced me and said, we're not confident you're going to survive, but we're gonna do our best to save you. And when you get a chance to awaken from a life of, of perfectionism and achievement and, and you get to focus in on the true purpose of your life, it, it brings up this fire in you, right? In this quest. And when I started the personal development quest and it took some years between when I survived in 2012 to when I actually became a coach for the John Maxwell team that there was a, a five-year gap there. There was a lot of waves that go on in major changes like these. You know, there's a, a lot of identity crisis that uh, occur somewhere in the middle that I went through and journeyed through. But it was a time that God was chiseling away some of these elements that were blocking me from becoming the person I was created to be. So when I got that second chance, that pool was immense to do and to be passionate about what I do. Wow. So what happened? What, <laughs> what, what was that 20% chance of surviving? What was it? Everybody wants to know what happened that only you had a 20% chance. You know, I, I was a, a single mom and I was dating someone and I made the mistake of starting to take birth control pills again. And I was over the age of 35. And as you know, Dr. Christine, there's, you know, side effects that are like in small print. <laughs> and they say, this could happen if you, if you decide to take these medications. And I had taken them safely for many years prior, you know, my first marriage with no incident. But now I was 36 years old and I was afraid of getting pregnant. And uh, it should have been the least of my worries, honestly, <laughs> because as I started taking them, I started to notice that I could not finish my workouts and I was in perfect condition. I was exercising seven days a week and I wasn't really honestly in the best shape of my life, but I noticed that there was a pain in my rib cage that I just could not get 
you know, it just it did not get better. And a day before we, my son and I were scheduled to fly to Houston, Texas, um, to drive from there to Louisiana with my boyfriend for Easter weekend, I, the pain got worse. The more I took a breath, the more I felt the pain. And my mom being such a wise woman said, you know, I would feel more comfortable if you called your brother, who's a doctor <laughs> and, and kind of get an understand what's going on. Cause you're very pale and you really should not get on a flight. And so I talked to my brother and, you know, family being family, you know, family of doctors, uh, and I'm sure you've experienced this, Christine, they, they kind of don't take you as seriously as a, a real patient. <laughs> and so my brother kind of just said, well, it sounds like pleurisy. So I, I got on the plane with my, my boy and pleurisy is the inflammation of the lining of the lung for those that don't know, and it mimics pulmonary embolism. And I actually had pulmonary embolism when I took that flight. So that's a huge miracle right there that I did not die. Uh, luckily we landed uh, and I, the pain was progressively getting worse and I was getting even more pale. And my boyfriend decided, why don't we just spend the night instead of driving to Louisiana? And that was a miracle in itself because in the middle of the night, I felt like 15 knives were piercing my chest. And I, it jolted me out of bed and I, I heard a prompting very strong prompting inside of me that said, lean forward and you'll be able to breathe. And so I do, I lean forward for four hours. And I don't realize that in that moment, two big blood clots are going through my heart to get to my left lung, and they don't stop my heart, but that's that pain. And so that's miracle one that I receive on now early morning hours of Good Friday. And the next day I I, I just felt like this was different than what my brother had discussed. And, and we rushed over to the ER of a hospital and I walked in unassisted. Imagine that unassisted. And they took a scan and they immediately saw that I was just full of blood clots everywhere. I have pulmonary embolism everywhere. And my liver was inflamed and they just didn't know why. So they said, you know, you can't leave. You got to stay. And so, of course, as a single mom, your first concern is my boy is out there. I need to get him home. And so I, I, you know, get the army of people coming up, picking up my son and making all those arrangements. And the next day they do another scan. And that's when I get six doctors in my room. And they said, we really have a problem here. And the reason for the 20% chance was that I had... Uh, what they diagnosed me with Bud Carey syndrome, which you know what that is, but your listeners may not. And it's deadly. And it was basically a big blood clot that was blocking my vena cava and it was putting pressure on my liver. And it was about to put me into um, liver failure, basically. And they were running against time. They were so like in shock that I had survived this long. You know, I mean, usually yeah, that's, a, that's been going for quite a while. Yeah. Uh, because I've been taking the, the birth control pills for two months at this stage, right? And so they just, they rushed me to ICU and they start infusing me with this medication that um, they had told me <laughs> would likely cause death or hemorrhagic stroke among like 50 other effects. And upon hearing that, my mind went blank. And I, all I could think of was a surrendering control because I had zero control in that moment and trusting God and a higher power to take over because I knew that my doctors were really hesitant. They were not confident I would survive the night. And I just left it in the hands of God and I released it in that terrifying moment. Um, and the next day 
I had a woman with a Catholic diocese that walked into our, my hospital room and asked if we could pray together. And I, I wanted, I needed a miracle. I didn't know what was going to happen. They, they had explained that if that therapy hadn't worked, then they were going to have to go even more interventional. And that could really lead to my death on the surgery table. As we start praying and in the middle of that prayer, the most amazing love enveloped the whole room. And I felt peace and knowing that I was okay. And when she left the room and my boyfriend turned to me, he said, you felt them too, didn't you? And, you know, 20 minutes later, they will me back there, but I already know that I'm okay. The doctors come back, they're in total shock because they're expecting me to have long-term complications from this. I'm supposed to have holes in my lungs and I have nothing. I mean, it is clear. So I, in 72 hours, have received three miracles that have profoundly affected my life. And that's why. That's wow. the story. Thank you so much for sharing. This is a very moving and uh, deep story. And you really received a miracle. I myself remember very well when I was a resident, I had one patient die in my arms of a lung embolism. He had cancer, but uh, it came very, very, very fast. And in a way, it was good. It's, it's a better death like that than slowly from cancer. But still, it was a shock to his family that stood by him. And so you are fortunate. And there is something there, whether you call it God, universe, spirit, that universal love, it's all the same in my books, which mm -hmm. is to call it God. And uh, I think personally, prayer is extremely powerful in whatever form we choose. And I was raised in Christianity myself, right? The Bible cover to cover. <laughs> now, never forget one sentence where Paulus said, pray without cessation. And I always, when somebody talks about mindfulness, I think of that and say, it's the same. Mm -hmm. Because it's being with God, with love, every moment of your life. And I think that was a transition that you started in this moment. Tell us how you transitioned from there and how your life developed from there. How old was your son, by the way, when that happened? Andres was six years old when that occurred. So it's not precarious. I mean, he already had a divorce and had had that shock. And then now his mom is in a hospital for two weeks because I was there for two weeks not in the same city he was in. He had already been flown back to our home in Brownsville, Texas, which is on the border uh, with Texas and Mexico. And he didn't see me for two weeks. So it really impacted him in, so in a way. That miracle, not just for yourself, for your future clients, but especially for your son. Yes. Yes. Because that was the one thing that I, when you, find yourself in these situations that are life-changing. Your motivation, your purpose is really what keeps you going, isn't it? And did you know your purpose then already? Or did you start the process of developing it, of finding it, searching for it? I started to search for it then in that awakening. I started to look at my life a little differently. I, I didn't take... Um, 
all the things that I used to take seriously as seriously anymore. And I started taking personal development courses because I wanted to understand the power of the mind. I wanted to understand why I survived. And I was searching for that purpose in all of these courses I took. And it led me to take a, a master class from the John Maxwell team. And, and I fell in love with his books. And I, uh, one day after I had married, my husband moved to Austin and I had already, we already had our baby girl. I felt another prompting call Bridget, call Bridget. And Bridget was my, my mentor and she worked for the John Maxwell team. And, and she had offered me the job of becoming a speaker, coach, and trainer. She thought you have this uh, ability to communicate and this vulnerability that is very uh, intriguing. And I think it would be a phenomenal speaker. And I put it on the back burner because I, part of me was still operating from fear. And I had a little boy and I had, you know, I needed to have a job with health insurance. And what I knew was sales. And that's what I stayed in until I got to Austin. And then I retired from that. And that, that in itself was a, a transition. It was tough because I came from a background of highly, high, big achievers. You know, my father's a medical doctor. And my entire family are doctors. And when you grow up in an immigrant um, household in the United States, you, you feel this pull to achieve, almost to be happy. And that was where I was at. And I know that in these time, this time, this patience in his timing was ideal for someone like me because it was to chisel off some of these elements that were blocking me from stepping fully into my purpose as I'm stepping fully into it now. I had, I had this need for significance through my achievements and none, of, and none of that was actually helping me. So when I transitioned into a stay-at-home parent, it was a little tough because your identity is tied and your worth is tied to the size of your paycheck. When that goes away, <laughs> it kind of throws you off a little bit. And uh, one day I... I was still patient and I was journaling and I, and it said, call Bridget. And so I called her immediately and I said, is that position still open? Like, can I still apply to be a, a speaker, coach and trainer with the John Maxwell team? And she said, absolutely. And she got me in contact with someone and I talked to my husband and he said, if this is where you're meant to be, then do it. I will support you. And, and I did, I started my certification process that morning and it's been a and it's been a joyful ride, but it's been you know there's waves of these things. So when you become an entrepreneur, it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good again, and it just kind of goes in waves. But throughout it all, my purpose has always been to turn more souls towards heaven, to to help people become and step into that that soulful person that they are, because we all are created perfectly. We all are created with so much genius inside of us, but our modeling and our childhood um, expectations of others and beliefs that others carry kind of is something we start adopting. And that becomes part of the fear-based armor that surrounds our thinking. Um, and so what we really, what I needed to do was get, get past that, work through that. And that's when my book, I started writing my book during pandemic times, I started to realize what my true purpose was. And that is to work with people who are in the midst of 
of huge transformation spiritually and who want to step into a, a different role in life. And uh, I've really, I think I found my calling and I've, I'm just so thrilled to be at this stage now in my life versus the woman I was when I faced those six doctors. It's such a transition and so different. So would you agree it's really a blessing to be able to get older? Yes, I love it. <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm 61 by now. I'm looking forward to getting even older and learning even more and getting maybe a little bit wiser in the process. <laughs> I think we all aim for that, right? I'm 48 and so I'm nearing more of the 50 range. And I've noticed that in my 20s, I was so caught up in proving my worth, proving myself in the rat race, right? In the corporate environment. And I got lost in that for so long. And I'm so grateful for the blessing of my near-death experience. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for it because I don't think I would have woken up otherwise. You know, they can really feel that sizzling energy that comes from somebody that is pursuing their purpose. I choose to call it the sparkle in the eyes. It's the same thing. And uh, I love it. Tell us about your book. What did you write and what is in it? So Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change is about that. You know, the, the subtitle kind of gives you a really good indication. Change is an opportunity that life gives us to shift the lens of our life, if we so choose to. Yeah. And the book is written from the perspective of fear and working through the fear and how fear shows up in our lives. Uh, and I use personal experiences in my own life in chronological order of how beliefs get formed, these limiting beliefs that really steer our choices in life, whether, and we're, we don't even realize how much strength they have in our life until you reflect on it and look back and see how all of it is tied together. And so I do that for you in the book where I, I kind of help, I help you journey through my life and I coach myself as if I would have needed to be coached in those moments to get to joy faster. And I share a blueprint in the book in chapter four where you can take a turning point and and transition all the way to your soul's identity. Because in what I have found to be true is that when you go through change, there's two identities. There's a warfare going on inside of you. You've got your ego, which is comprised of your expectations and your childhood memories and your traumas, unhealed trauma. And then you have got your soul identity, that inner voice, that intuition that's always pulling you in a separate direction, but your fear and your mind pull you in another direction. And so I kind of help you identify what the, how ego shows up in your life, how you can drop it and allow your soul to shine through. And so really that, that it's been such an act of love for me to humanity um, because of my second chance, I felt the pull to share that blueprint so that whoever was going through major change, number one, would not feel alone in it, would not feel, uh, they would have a starting point and they, they would have these patterns of behavior that tend to show up in our actions and how they can block and self-sabotage us. Wow, that's awesome. 
thank you so much for doing that and sharing that. Now, Sylvia, as this slowly uh, comes to the end, uh, tell our listeners what you are currently doing and how they can reach you if they're interested and are touched by your story and said, I want to meet that woman. <laughs> well, I'm currently creating my transformational package, uh, Freedom from Fear Mastermind, and I'm using my book to kind of do more of a, a three-month journey um, with other like-valued individuals. And usually the groups will be like six to 10 at most so that everybody has an opportunity to speak in the mastermind and, and work through their fear to get to the side of joy faster and learn to, to step into change with more confidence. So that's really what I'm working on currently. I've also, aside from Journey to Me, Trust the Wisdom of Change, I've got two compilation books that I participate in over the summer that are now released. <laughs> the first one, and I excuse my language, is called Her Badass Story, Volume 2. <laughs> and that's also available on Amazon, uh, as well as my book. And the third one is Cracking the Rich Code. And that's for entrepreneurs uh, who want to learn more about stories of personal empowerment uh, and financial and wealth empowerment. So um, that's what I've been currently working on. And how you can find me, really, I'm everywhere on social media except TikTok under Sylvia Worsham. Uh, but usually where, where most people can see the, the bulk of my work and, and the value of my work is LinkedIn. So if you're on LinkedIn, you can look me up on Sylvia Worsham. You should be able to um, send me a connect and I will connect with you. Uh, but otherwise, I'm really available everywhere. Facebook, Instagram, not TikTok because I don't do TikTok, but <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Right, that, that sounds, I'm actually not on TikTok either. I don't like it. It's just, I'm too old, maybe. <laughs> school. I'm too old, I cannot change. <laughs> I, You know what? I'm going to challenge whoever said that, because that's not true. If my age said it in Charles Dickens in the Christmas story and see how he changed. Yeah. He needed the spirit of the past and the spirit of the present and the spirit of the future. I love Scrooge. Every Christmas we watch it. I love it. I love it. You know, I always say change is within all of us, really. And it's our attitude. We have we have things that we're in control of, believe it or not. We have choices. We have we can change our thoughts around certain situations and, and our attitude's a very big piece of the puzzle you know, of, of how you can navigate these changes a lot more joyfully, because there's always going to be storms in life. Always. It's always. never going to, it's never going to end. Right. But there's always joy in the journey. And, and I think that's just fabulous to be able to enjoy life um, despite what's going on. Yeah. That's one thing I always enjoy very much uh, to help others to step into their power and be truly empowered as humans because we have more choices and power that we think we do and many of us choose because they don't know that there's another way to live to stay comfortable all their life and then they end up unhappy the older they get no and then they have the regret you've read those articles about the top regrets as people are dying and but why do you want on their deathbed? I talked to them, and those people that never lived, they have the regrets. Yes, and so everybody, you know, guys, every day is a clean slate. 
It's really up to you whether you choose joy or you choose fear. And it's a choice. Happiness, joy is truly a choice. So that's it. Thank you so much for being on the show, Sylvia. I'll make sure the links to your contact links are underneath the video and in the, in the description. And for your listeners, choose joy, choose happiness, choose better life and reach out to whoever you feel most drawn to because that's the best way to find a good coach. That's the advantage. You can always see them in a podcast, on a video. And if you're drawn to them, follow them. Subscribe to the podcast if you want. It's Sparkles for Mental Health. And I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Here, comment and subscribe and listen to the next episode. Bye-bye.